I am not an expert. I've never published a book or taught a class, but I love quilting, and I love talking about quilting. I make a lot of mistakes, but I like to think that sometimes I learn from them and get just a little bit better. If hearing about someone else's goofs and mess-ups makes you feel better about yours, then I've done my job. Join me now as we talk about quilting for the rest of us. Hey, I'm Sandy and I'm a quilter and welcome to episode 126 in which I talk with Wendy Butler Burns and I am recording this on Sunday, June, oh, I think it's the 2nd, <laughs> but don't quote me on that, uh, 2013 and I want to say welcome to everybody who is listening. Welcome to my um, longtime faithful stalwart Um, intrepid listeners, and welcome to anybody who's joining us new for this episode. Um, I know that Wendy has said she's going to post a link to this episode on her uh, blog as well, so if we're joining, if anybody new is joining us for this episode to hear the conversation with Wendy, I want to say thank you for coming and checking it out, and you will not be disappointed because any conversation with Wendy is a good one. I will dive right into content this week, and I will do my usual Sandy update and other stuff after my conversation with Wendy Butler Burns. I do have one short announcement right off the bat, though. I want to say congratulations to Marianne for winning the Kimberly Einmo class on Craftsy, the giveaway that I was running a couple of weeks ago. She chose the Chain of Stars mystery quilt, so good luck, Marianne, and thank you, everybody, for playing along on that one. Um, Craftsy sent me some information now that I'm doing all of these interviews with their teachers, and they sent me some information that I found really interesting, because as you know, I am a fan of the platform. I've been a fan of the platform since I first discovered it, which is, boy, about 18 months ago now. They are up to 1.25 million registered users, and they've only been around since June of 2011, Um, which actually, now that I think about it, that means I found them pretty soon after they... (laughs) they had launched because I think I've been taking classes nearly that long. Um, that It's just really a fantastic platform. They have students uh, from the U.S. and more than 200 other countries. They've got over 165 classes available. Um, they said they're adding about 10 new ones a month. And you know what? I'm not getting paid to say any of this. Um, I just really am very enthusiastic about their learning platform. It's it's a great thing. And, and when I'm sitting and having lunch, a lot of times I'll take my iPad out now that it's nice enough. Most days I can sit out on my patio and have lunch and I'm watching a craftsy class on my iPad. So it's really, it's just a great learning platform for those of us who can't always find the time to go to a class in person. However, I do want to encourage you to still take classes in person. There's nothing that can replace that um, interpersonal one-on-one kind of connection you can get in a class when somebody can answer a question that comes up right then. Um, and I'm saying that because all of the uh, teachers that I'm interviewing on Classy, uh, on Classy, yes, they are all Classy, that I'm interviewing from Craftsy are um, all teachers out there in the real world. So make sure if you see them, Uh, teaching a class near you, take advantage of that opportunity because in-person classes are fantastic. Um, Okay, I digress. I am really, really pleased. If you couldn't guess that from my enthusiastic tone, I'm really pleased to bring you today's conversation. Wendy Butler Burns is an art quilter, a teacher, and an author. 
Um, as I mentioned in the conversation itself, and as I've said, I think earlier, uh, Wendy's Art Quilting 101 was my very first craftsy class. I have gotten so much out of that class. And even now, 18 months, two years later, I keep going back to it once in a while. And I keep watching some of the episodes. Sometimes it's just to refresh my memory about what she said about a particular thing. Sometimes it's to check a particular technique that she shows. That's a, an excellent, excellent class. It is just full of information. I really appreciated that. I really don't have much more introductory information to give about Wendy because we really cover all of that in the interview. I do want to say Wendy mentions in the episode towards the end that she'll be teaching at Door County of Wisconsin at a place called The Clearing. Um, We had the conversation for this interview a few weeks ago. And she is actually now at the clearing this week. So those of you who are at the clearing with Wendy, woohoo! I hope you're having a great time. I know you probably are. And Wendy, I hope you're having a wonderful time with your students. Have fun together this week, folks. So without further ado, I now bring you my conversation with Wendy Butler Burns. I'm very excited today to be talking with Wendy Butler Burns, who I believe um, actually was my very first introduction to Craftsy and sort of got me spiraling off into a a whole lot of new directions. But I took your Art Quilting 101 class on Craftsy and got a tremendous amount out of it. Um, So I want to start out a little bit about you just sharing with any listeners who may not be familiar with you about your own quilt journey basic facts, figures, how you got into it. All right. Well, actually, for myself, I had, um, I I had, I've never, had had not had much contact with quilting, but when I was nine, I started doing that sewing with fourth grade 4-H. My mother uh, was one of the co-leaders and such, and so I had, you know, developed that love of fabric and just sort of the basic sewing skills, you know, very early on. Um, And so when my daughter, my youngest child, was ready to go off to preschool, I said, okay, now, you know, I've got some free time and such, and there happened to be just this little ad in the local paper about a quilting class. And again, not having family members and such who quilted before I just was very intrigued well I joined the class and it ended up being that the during the class it was going to be all hand piecing and hand quilting and I I knew enough that I was not going to be able to get very much done if it was all handwork and I said so it ended up that eight-week class throughout the whole time I ended up um, coming with my sewing machine each week learning how to do the block by hand and then by machine and by the end of that very first class I had two quilts finished so so it was sort of I think that was just the way I launched off and from there you know took another class at the local church and then within a couple years and uh, joined a quilt guild really really enjoying it Um, then sort of getting sort of fasting forward it was probably not even into about two and a half years into quilting uh, somebody invited me to a local art quilt group and at that time I was living in the Chicago area that group is called PACA Professional Art Quilters Alliance and they are in the Chicagoland area and um, attending that group was just such an eye-opener for me because I you know, wasn't so aware of art quilts and such, but it was a fabulous group because, and from the metropolitan area of Chicago, lots of local people who were in the quilt world, and you've got Carol Breyer Fallard and Laura Wasilowski and Frida Anderson and Melody Johnson and, and Robbie Eklo, all of those, those individuals who were part of this group. And for me, um, you know, as I got involved, you know, finding out more about art quilts and, and those individuals, 
individuals mentoring us, saying, okay, you got to enter, you know, start creating quilts. You got to start creating your work. Um, you need to, uh, you know, if you're going to market yourself to get out there, you've got to enter shows. You've got to just again start creating work. And so I followed all of the the uh, the mentoring um, process and such, and and then suddenly found myself, you know, kind of ready to say, okay, I'm just going to go out there and start teaching. And, and I just got again sort of fell fell into it. But um, but that that now has it's been 20 years ago that I started quilting and you know been now teaching nationally a little over 10 years and um, and again just enjoying sometimes on the fence you know between a little bit more traditional but traditional with a twist but you know little you know working with art quilts and such and just kind of enjoying you know the broad broad range of of you know back and forth kind of uh, experiences with it so okay and and you do I want to make sure we let people know you do have a book out do you want I to do. talk well, a little book, bit about Well, the book actually, I've had it, it's, it's actually been out of print, actually, for three years. I It was uh, published back in uh, 2008, but um, it, it, there's a few copies left um, out on Amazon, but it's been out of print for quite some time, unfortunately. And so, um, but I, you know, I, I had loved having the opportunity to create it um, and just, you know, had, haven't gone through the process of trying to get it started again. It was, I worked with a you know, real large printing company and and you know trying to get the rights back and all that so instead um, and it is called photo album quilts and it was a real detailed focus on on the direction that I've had found myself going with my art quilts um, and loving the idea of being able to create pictorial quilts um, but for myself, not having a formal art background, you know, kind of not feeling as though I could just sit down and sketch out my ideas onto paper, um, it's kind of really working with a process of starting with an original photograph. Um, or you know, creating yourself a line drawing, but doing a simple, simple line drawing, enlarging it, and then working with freezer paper, uh, sort of a glue stick, and then a machine applique technique. But that book, you know, was very detailed in going through the technique, going through the process, um, kind of having a gallery of my work. So in the end, after with the book having been out of print, you talked about Craftsy and um, you know these online quilting classes, and um, I was really the second quilting teacher that they. Um, involved at, at in teaching these online classes, and I have three of them, and one of them is my pictorial techniques with machine applique um, that covers basically the whole my whole book and you know, the, the techniques in that book, and then the one you had taken, Art Quilting 101, and then I have a very popular machine quilting class, Free Motion and more. So, so those have been a great way to be able to um, you know, connect with students and, you know, pass on, you know, my, my techniques and such. So. It's funny, I didn't realize the book was out of print because I just recently got mine. <laughs> yep, so. I know, it is still, you know, it is, I mean, for me, you know, to have gone and tried to get them, you know, get those copies, you know, from Amazon and such, it would have cost me more to ship it here and there, so I've kind of allowed, you know, I just said, okay, well, if you can find it out there, that's, this is where you can get it. <laughs> Okay. Um, you did mention as you were just talking that you've actually never had any formal art training. Can you talk? Most of us probably haven't. Mm -hmm. So what would you advise to people who are, how did you go about kind of learning some of those art principles and techniques and things um, to fill in those gaps that maybe you felt when you first started doing this? 
Well, I still even feel I'm, I feel like I'm in the infancy stage, but it's a, it's a constant growing process. But for me, as I started to realize that there were so many different techniques in general, even whether they're just general quilting techniques, you know, whether art quilting, formal, you know, embellishing, that type of thing, I found myself seeking out particular um, instructors, individuals who were teaching more design and um, design principles um, and, and being able to take some of those workshops. And of course, there's some you know, wonderful resources um, available out there that talk about um, you know, design elements and such. And so it really has been that process of studying um, through, through kind of hands-on experimenting and such and, and develop, you know, kind of getting a uh, concept down in one's own mind and then so how do we relate it to you know, our quilt making and such. And so that's it has been, you know, for myself, kind of seeking out those resources. I still have never yet had a time. I think, oh gosh, I should go and take, you know, a general drawing class, or you know, go back and take some of those basic um, art classes. But you know, so often now with the teaching, and I'm on, you know, kind of in and out of town quite a bit, and so many of those classes through the community colleges and such, you know, they can 12 weeks long or something, and I don't have that time commitment. But sometime that would be something I would enjoy doing, and 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 such. But. All along, too, as one develops connections with, you know, colleagues, friends, other quilters, you know, to be able to set up a little small critique-type group. Um, there's, I've had several individuals just who are mentors um, for me and, you know, longtime friend Denise Talon Havlon, who's uh, in the Chicago area we did originally meet in PACA. And she, prior to her starting to quilt, she was a... Um, she was a uh, campus artist you know, for like 25 years and so does have those drawing skills and, and ability to be able to critique. And so over time, you know, as I create something, you know, I've had that opportunity to connect with other individuals and say, okay, well, you know, am I going in the right direction or what's this, what's missing and, and such. And so that's another way, you know, in a small group setting, you know, if you find others, you know, who have same, similar interests to you, you know, to kind of do kind of grow and study and kind of learn some of those those techniques as a small group and, and be able to have feedback from each other. So it's a it's a you know many different resources that you can choose you know kind of choose from and find out there. I have been pleased to see of late more design type classes available than what used mm -hmm. to be. So it's mm -hmm. it's nice to see. I think that's the influence of the art quilting world <laughs> lately. Yes. Um, that yes. there seems and, to be more of that going on. Mm -hmm. Yes, and I think those are those are the ones in particular. Again, the individuals that you know are teaching the, teaching them. Oftentimes, as you look, you know, at their kind of their background and such. I mean, they have have been out there teaching and and you know have have um, you know have gotten awards and you know again have have that have the concepts down and and I certainly um, it's a great way to be able to you know add add to your own repertoire as well. Hmm. Um, you talked about how you started out sort of doing more traditional quilting, you know, in your first class mm -hmm. and, and such, but then moving into the art world. How do you, f um, how do you feel that you, as you might say, found your voice as a quilter? How did you end up deciding what path you were going to pursue? 
Well, I think for me, and again, it was this process of the thinking about a picture quilt, a pictorial um, quilt, and so then this technique that, again, I focused on in the book, but I, I, I have found it to be very, very flexible for myself, and so I thought, okay, well, um, and again, there, as we start looking at, at pictures in our photo albums or family photos and, you know, just imagery that excites us, you know, I've, I'm a gardener, and I, you know, take photographs and, you know, have, have photos, graphs of flowers and, you know, landscape and such. And so what I decided, and again, I, for me, I, I use all commercial fabrics. I don't hand dye and I don't hand paint and such. And so I thought, well, I want to be able to do as many different um, types of quilts that I can using this technique and kind of get the, getting the process down and, explore, again, exploring even my... Uh, my own um, design process and such. And so I just kind of stayed on that focus. Um, now, certainly with my quilts, I, I now, I mean, I do a lot with thread. I do all my own machine quilting on a home machine, and I do embellishing and couching and working with those threads as, as a textural process and will incorporate that. But that's, for me, I decided, okay, I'm going to stay on that path and see how far I can go and, you know, exploring my Again, yeah, I guess creating that voice, and so the you know the many of the quilts you know will have. I mean, people, I, I look at it, not sure that they do do have um, have a path, but others who see my work, they they say they do recognize that you know it's mine, or you know they can see see that the familiarity, and it may be the bright colors, or just sort of the impressionistic approach that I take. Um, you know, kind of working with the, the fabrics and and the you know sim, a little simpler design and such. So so it's just a matter of, of uh, again finding something that you're just I mean we, we want to do what, what what's fun we want to do something that we enjoy and so just kind of first exploring a couple of those different avenues and finding okay there's going to be something that's really going to sort of tickle your you know tickle your fancy a little bit more and just do do more things with that technique or that process and such and then and kind of see see where it leads you. I'm I'm kind of I'm always interested in hearing that because I am sort of in that process myself. Mm -hmm. So it, yes, you know, it's yes. sort of like I've spent a lot of time playing with a lot of different uh -huh. stuff, and now I'm finding there are certain things that just really jazz me, okay. and and trying yeah. to pursue that. So that's uh, what I'm hearing you say is mm -hmm. that you know it's kind that, of that seeing what clicks. Spend a little more time with you know narrow that down, and then really explore you know that whether it be a particular medium that you're working with or process, and then just you know just explore all different different ways with that particular trick te yeah. technique at least that's what i've enjoyed doing so. okay now in your art quilting 101 class you spend a lot of time which i really appreciated um talking about what your definition of an art quilt is and i'm i'm curious not only for you to go over that again a little bit for those who may not have had the benefit of that class but also whether that's changed over time well, what's curious is even when I was asked, you know, again, you, yes, individuals will ask you, you know, what the definition of an art quilt is, and, you know, you can begin to Google that, and, and it, what is curious, and, and it appears as though even within the community, um, 
it, it has an ever-evolving um, definition, and it depends on who it is that, that you've talked with. Now, even for myself, I think for me, and, and what I have seen is, you know, really an art quilt is more of this personal expression, kind of using, you know, everyone does describe it as sort of an original, kind of fresh, inventive idea, you know, but you may be influenced by outside sources, but you, you know, you are um, sort of making a statement from a personal approach with that art quilt. But um, again, I, oftentimes, I guess even they say that, you know, it's sort of the art of actually creating the art. You know, the art quilt is sort of more the process of the creating, too, that kind of follows into it. But I think what I I see, and again, even as it is described out there, that oftentimes, you know, this the art quilts themselves, I mean, you'll look at it and say, well, that doesn't look like an art quilt. But it does um, involve, you know, oftentimes you may still be using traditional techniques and such, but, you know, the quilt artists, you know, are wanting to challenge that that definition of tradition um, and kind of approaching it from a more innovative process and maybe, again, now applying more of the aspect of art principles, which one could maybe look at and define, and then, you know, kind of taking techniques from other mediums, um, you know, whether it be drawing, painting, you know, sculpting, you know, three-dimensional, and certainly the tactical aspect of, you know, kind of fabric and thread. So, so it really is very it is very subject, subjective, but a combination of, of all of those. But even for myself, you know, a couple of years ago, as, as I, I kind of came up for myself, a definition of an art quilt being sort of a creative, joyous, and spontaneous journey that touches the heart and soul through exploring texture, color, and design. And our creations explore and express our feelings and ideas through our quilted images. And so for me, at least that was how I <laughs> spent time kind of pulling it together to create a definition for myself so so it's kind of all out there you know kind of going in various directions but um, but it is you know more often obviously the art quilt is designed for you know for the wall um, viewing viewing hanging versus on the bed but immediately then you know even last week when I was in Paducah talking to you know some individuals I said oh you're such an artist and I say well you know we all are artists every single one of us you know whatever technique that you're using and such because even those anyone who's creating creating with fabric and such you know we all are, are an artist and that's sort of always sort of my bottom line is for us to sort of embrace that you know we're whatever whatever it is that we're doing so yes I think as you said we are all no matter what method we do we're all artists and we all use all of these principles um, to follow up on that a little bit though I'm, I'm wondering, my listeners represent, I think, all ends of the spectrum. Um, mm -hmm. I've got listeners who are fully into the traditional, fully into mm -hmm. the modern quilts, and fully into um, art quilting. How, what benefit do you see in each of those genres, you know, people who practice in each of those genres, being familiar with the other genres and, you know, familiar with the techniques and, and styles of each? Well, I think... Being, having the familiarity of versus rather, rather than just staying, you know, only single focus, you know, down the sort of a tunnel, having the familiarity of the various techniques used in all of those genres 
gives one a broader appreciation when you go as a viewer. When you go, you know, if we go to a quilt show and you see quilts in all those different genres, to be able to have a little bit more understanding about, you know, the technique that a particular um, quilt artist used to create that quilt. You know, if it's a modern quilt or whether a traditional quilt, you know, wonderful piece, 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 you know, where those points are exactly pieced, whatever, together in the earth or an art quilt. But I think it gives one a broader appreciation um, and, you know, sort of an understanding, you know, of, of what that particular individual, um, you know, is, is, is pursuing. And I think that to me, and at that way, then you can be able to enjoy all of those different techniques and those genres uh, more fully by just having having a little broader understanding of, of how each each of them work or how each one picks that type of thing. At least for me. In again, I, I keep referencing back to this crafty class because it, it did impress me so much. But okay. you you did talk there about artist statements and. So I've been paying a little more attention to that as I'm on, you know, people's blogs or if uh -huh. I'm looking at people's web galleries or whatever. Um, can you talk a little bit about artist statements, why you think they're important, what purpose they serve, and then where in the process do you do your artist statement? Well, for me, I think the what I, I view the artist statement is as is a story. And to me, every quilt has a story and and I love to be able to um, hear what's happening um, you know by being able to read that artist statement and whether it be a traditional quilt that someone has created for you know a very special wedding or a birth or you know sort of even a memorial quilt um, whether it um, again as a as an art quilt you know what is it that that artist was pursuing in the creating of that quilt and so for me that artist statement it's kind of a combination of things as I'm working on a quilt sometimes and again I love to name my quilts I mean they all have a name um, and sometimes that name will pop up as I'm working on it, even in the design process. Sometimes it will be completed, and then I'll, you know, kind of figure out what that name might be. But I think the artist statement is sort of an ongoing, um, you know, kind of a thought process. But it's ultimately when my quilt is finished, you know, I'm almost ready to, I'm ready to put that label on it. I. I sit down and I will kind of summarize the story or whatever my my thought process was for working through that quilt, and that happens, you know, sort of as I'm creating that label. But but even just a week ago, <laughs> there was a group of us in Paducah, you know, at the Yeiser Art Center, and we were viewing this, you know, beautiful exhibit, some fiber, um, but there weren't any artist statements with the work, and we're, again, really, you know, focusing in on some of the stitches and sort of the overall view of the piece, and we're going, wow, you know, what was the, the individual, what was the artist trying to to portray here, what were they thinking about? And we said that artist statement to me, to us, was it was missing, and that we would have liked to be able to get inside the artist's head and say, well, what is it that you were doing? And so, so again, everyone, you know, obviously will come up from someplace different with this process, but um, but to me, I just it is something that you know is telling the story of of from that, that artist's perspective, the, whether you know, it be the bed quilt, the you know, art quilt, modern quilt, whatever it might be. I think that's where I most noticed it as well as <laughs> when I went to yeah. see that exhibit. It was, you know, okay. a, it was wonderful to look at them. And I, and I had that same question is, you know, I'm kind of, I feel like I'm missing a part mm -hmm. of the work by not having that story. Yes. 
you know, when you, uh, again, when you talked about doing art quilts and everything, you did give a, a lot of advice, wonderful advice in that, that class, but you talked specifically about working small and working in a series. Well, I did that mainly because I guess some, some of what um, I find is that uh, when I'm teaching, out and about teaching, many times when I'm working with quilt guilds and such that I'm many, many times working with individuals who obviously have started in the more tra traditional um, format with quilts. And they're going, oh, I don't know anything about that art quilt, so they're a little intimidated, or they're going, no, I'm not an artist, I can't do that. And so quite often, I'm what I'm trying to do is nudge individuals to try something new. And so oftentimes, too, with this art quilting stuff, it just seems very, very overwhelming and intimidating. And so my my vision of it as I pursue the sort of educating individuals that art quilts exist, and you know, this is sort of many ways you can do it, I like the idea of being, and this I found for myself as I have been doing my work um, and creating things, is that the opportunity to try to working smaller. I mean, often you know, we start a bed quilting, they're like, okay, well, it's queen size, you know, and it's going to take me, you know, how many hours to you know, piece those blocks, but, you know, but the fact that even if we go back to, you know, just a single block exploring the color or the combination of colors and such and working through it in a small scale before we expand it. But that's what I, my, I guess my thought is even for myself as I create, but also as I encourage individuals to experiment and kind of dip their toe in and try quilting, art quilts, um, that, you know, we work small, work with a real simple, you know, concept, and we may not even define it as a particular art, you know, art principle, but but experiment small, then you kind of, you know, get your kind of feet wet, get, you know, enjoy, you know, think, oh, this is a great combination, or, oh, I didn't like this so much, but when we're working small, you can try lots of different directions, um, and that way then you can see what what you like best and then expand and enlarge from there. But that idea of the series is sometimes you get so excited about, well, if I put the color, you know, in place A and B for, you know, number one, but what if I change up, you know, the value and the color placement for B, the second one and how differently it might look using some very similar elements. And again, it just gives you a way to kind of jump off and experiment because, you know, we walk into our studio, you walk into your sewing room and you've got all of these things laying around and you go, oh my gosh, what am I going to do today? And you sometimes get very overwhelmed because there's so many directions one can go. So it sometimes helps to whittle it down to kind of start in a little smaller place and, and experiment. I, I have to um, chuckle whenever I hear those things because that's that's again what I've decided I have to do because I tend to be like a crow with shiny things. <laughs> you yeah. know? Oh, it's absolutely. like, oh, I want to try and that you, and I want to oh, try that. Like, well, maybe I could play with this pink thread today. And oh, gosh, <laughs> wait, over there. Oh, look at it. It's this wonderful new striped fabric that I got. Or look at this paisley fabric. Or oh, I got all this great new yarn. <laughs> so yes, it is. You know. Yes, <laughs> especially when we when we uh, come. And, and some of that is great because you're because you are being inspired by those various things, but sometimes you can go flit, flit, flit from one thing to another and nothing ever being kind of 
put down, and that could be a little cop-out because we're going, oh, well, oh, gee, well, I'll maybe start tomorrow instead, you know, and so you kind of keep putting things off or whatever. <laughs> Sometimes we need a, a more, you know, specific process to, to get to get us moving, and right. then, you're, then you get hooked once you're there. Well, I was thinking, especially when we come home from Paducah with a trunk load <laughs> of new stuff to play yeah. with. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I actually had to sit down and make myself a list. Okay, first I'm yeah. going to use this, and then I'm going to use that to make sure yeah. I didn't do this kind of, you know, jumping around with everything. Well, and even too, I mean, you just, you know, a few minutes ago had said that, you know, there is, you are finding that there are several things that really, really um, are exciting you as far as a particular direction. And so it may be that, you know, what some one of those purchases you got from Paducah, how could you incorporate that into this direction you're going? And, and that way then you can begin to, I mean, that's just one way to say, okay, I'm going to stay, you know, stay, start working on, on my, you know, my direction and be able to incorporate, you know, some of those, those new, new fun things from Paducah, you know, into that direction. Into that direction, yeah. <laughs> now, those of us who, you know, are, I don't, I don't like to use the word hobby when it comes to quilting because for mm -hmm. me it's definitely more of an art or craft. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, I look at someone like you whose profession is quilting and I think, oh, you must have all this time and how wonderful it is. But the reality is completely the opposite. It you is. are on the road and out of your studio, you know, and so you have a lot of the same issues that we do in mm -hmm. terms of finding the time to actually do this quilting thing. Yeah. Um, so... How do you, first of all, what are your own dreams? If you were able to stay home for any period of time, what would you love to find yourself doing? And how do you feed your creative soul when you're in the midst of trying to take care of all these responsibilities? Well, all of that becomes very challenging. And I think that idea of being able to dream, I sometimes don't quite give myself enough I don't give myself the time and I give don't give myself the luxury of the what ifs because I'm thinking oh gosh well so I've got to go right finish you know, drafting this pattern and and I've got to maybe I get all of those out that stuff out of the way and try to free it up so so in a way I I do find myself kind of going into this cyclical you know kind of roundabout you know running on a treadmill and not getting anywhere um, I think for me what I'm finding is that even as I'm, I have to work smaller as I, I find myself creating and only have time to create a project maybe or a, uh, something to create, develop a new workshop. And so, you know, I'm thinking, okay, what might, and again, sometimes it's what might I do to attract the student and what is it they're looking for? I know what, how can I appeal to them? And so I guess the, in, even in those, in those little little moments, um, oh gosh, well, I, now I get to create this, you know, sample pattern and I'll get to go have some fun picking out the fabric. So, so I get those little moments of, um, of excitement to be able to create something in that small format. Um, and, and the fact that, though, I think oftentimes I get fed with that creative part as I work with the students in my workshops, and, and again, they're bringing their own fabrics, you know, they may be using a pattern um, and using the technique that I'm, I'm teaching, but, but then they're bringing their own fabrics, and I'm just, you know, I'm loving being able to kind of help them along and, and get excited as, as they're creating, and that, that really is, is a, a very exciting process. Yeah. 
moment for me. And I, again, I, I kind of, I guess, need to feed myself for that that period of time because there, you know, again, there isn't, isn't these many, very many moments. And that's that's probably right now what I'm struggling with myself um, rec- and recognizing that I'm constantly needing to work on the quilting side of the business and not getting that as many chances, but I try to organize myself even as I get ready for a trip, you know, I'll pack those bags over a week ahead and, and then, you know, those maybe those three or four days before I actually leave, everything's prepared for the trip and the teaching, but then I can kind of free my mind to say, okay, what is it that I might be able to sit down and play or work with and then maybe have just those little moments and, and be able to, again, en- enjoy that process. But long term, if I weren't teaching and I can't quite can't get quite grasp and get to that point, you know, but I think I would like to would be able to want to push myself playing a little bit more abstractly, um, you know, and I'm not quite sure. I, I'm working, you know, all the time small, making class projects, but maybe going a little bit bigger, um, you know, and coming up with a design that is more abstract, but I then feel like I've got to go and study a little bit more <laughs> about those design principles to, to make sure that I'm developing, you know, a, a design that's going to have, have sort of a powerful, you know, effect and such as I work with it. That's always interesting. Again, like I said, you know, we have these fictions in our head about <laughs> what it's like to live that that professional mm-hmm. quilting life. So the the fact that you still have things you feel like you need to learn and things you want to push yourself on, I think, mm-hmm. is is wonderfully inspiring. Yeah. Um, now, I am going to ask you the same thing I've asked my listeners to do a few months ago. That um, every year I do a, a thing that I have a challenge with quilty mm-hmm. resolutions and this year I asked people to come up with a word that might um, describe what they most want to remember for themselves every time they mm-hmm. sit down to quilt or express through their quilt making. Do you have a word that you might say this is what I think is what I want to remember or express this year through my quilt making? Well, I think it's whether it's this year or constantly, but the word passion comes to mind immediately for me in that, I guess, just thinking of, of the passion is that I approach something, you know, with passion, I'm, you know, I, or exuberance or whatever, but that passion um, really is what drives me and has, has driven me, you know, ever since I discovered quilting. Um, and, and it just, and then that passion, I hope that I then, can pass on to my students or I pass on to viewers as they see my quilts and such. So I think maybe that's the word for me. Do you have anything that you would like people to know? Do you have stuff coming up that you would like to invite people to come to? Well, I actually, on my website, I always keep um, my, under my teaching schedule, um, I do keep keep up with, you know, where I'm going to be and some of those those shows and quilt guilds. But there's a couple of things coming over the next six months, and obviously your listeners are from all over the country and such, and so there will, I have a couple um, of teaching engagements this summer up in Door County at The Clearing, which is a wonderful folk art school um, at the t- northern tip of Door County. Um, they have week-long workshop um, settings and, and of all different mediums, but I too am going to be teaching two different quilting um, events this summer there, one during serendipitous uh, quilts uh, week-long workshop, and then the other one is Awakening the Art Quilter Within. Um, but I love that opportunity to work we- work 
um, kind of on a week-long, you know, kind of open studio process. But that's the information on, on the clearing can be found at their, you know, website, theclearing.org. But I've been this summer. Um, we'll be out in Long Beach. The um, Quilts, Inc. group, um, they end up putting on several quilt shows a year across the country, and one of them will be in Long Beach, the um, International Quilt um, Quilt Festival will be in Long Beach early August, so I'll be teaching there. And then in Wisconsin, we have a wonderful regional show, um, which is always held in Madison, sponsored by um, Nancy's Notions, Nancy Zeman, and the uh, Public Television, Wisconsin Public Television. That's early September um, at in Madison at the Alliant Energy Center. And again, this information is on the website. And and then the big International Quilt Festival in Houston is held always that uh, that last week in August, October, um, but they have, you know, the, the big quilt market as well as the week-long festival with many, many workshops and such, and I'll, I'll be teaching there as well. So so maybe somebody can, you know, and I know that the workshops are, registration for workshops for Long Beach um, are already online, and that the Houston Show quilt, quilt, uh, quilt Festival classes will be up soon on their website. Okay, and I will make sure that I put links to your okay. website and your Facebook page on our show notes so people can, can look that up. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate this. I could talk to you for hours, but we both have other things we need to be doing as well. So um, have safe travels, and I really appreciate you taking time to sit down and talk with me. Oh, this is a pleasure. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Thank you again, Wendy, for taking the time out of your day, especially as you were preparing to head out of town on some teaching assignments, um, to have the conversation with me and by extension with my listeners. I really enjoyed it. And, you know, I was not joshing when I said that we could have talked for hours because I, I did find so much of the conversation so interesting and I wanted to keep going, but we couldn't. I, uh, for all of my usual listeners, I'm not going to be doing any creative bites this week because I really feel like the entire conversation with Wendy really was chock full of creative bites for pondering. So I will leave it at that. I do want to remind everybody, and for those of you who may be just joining us new, about the Project Hope online quilt show being co-hosted by myself and Sandy Caldwell of Quilt Cabana Corner podcast. And um, you will find the information for that if you just go back Oh, a couple of weeks on either of our blogs. You will find the links for it. Um, the Project Hope Online Quilt Show, the deadline is the end of June, and it's now the beginning of June. So if you haven't gotten your project done yet, you might want to do it. I am probably about halfway done with mine, so I do need to get working on mine as well. Um, a little bit of a Sandy update. I first of all want to give a huge shout out to listener Sue and Pat, who tracked me down this weekend at the Genesee Valley Quilt Show. As uh, you may remember last episode, I had mentioned that I was going to be volunteering this weekend at the Genesee Valley Quilt Show um, here in Rochester, New York, and I worked the silent auction booth for a couple of hours. And lo and behold, there came up Sue, who tracked me down. Actually, she managed to end up sitting next to a couple of women from my quilt guild at lunch. You know, this is one of those wonderful convergence of events. She could have asked 150 people in that building if they knew Sandy has an hour and they would have heard, who's that? But she happened to be sitting right next to two women from my guild and said, do you happen to know somebody named Sandy has an hour? They're like, actually I do. And I've got her phone number on my cell phone. So uh, Sonia, 
made the connection and, and helped direct Sue to the silent auction booth where I was at the time. And so I got to meet Sue. Unfortunately, I forgot. I blipped on taking a picture of me and Sue. Um, because I was working the booth, people happened to be there at the time. So I wasn't able to um, remember and call her back and, and take the picture because somebody interrupted me. But it was wonderful meeting you, Sue. And um, also, I believe Sue came all the way from Albany. I think I can't imagine Sue came all the way from Albany to meet me. I think she came all the way from Albany to see the show. It is a tremendous show. Um, there were over 600 quilts, I think they said, um, hanging in the show. And then there were about 50 vendors, which it gets more and more vendors every year. So it is not an insignificant quilt show. Um, also, Pat, who is from nearly in my backyard, but still it was the first time I'd ever met her. Um, Pat just found me on her own. She remembered that I'd said I was going to be at the silent auction booth, and so she was able to track me down. Uh, she didn't have to ask strangers, which is probably better. <laughs> so thank you so much for introducing yourselves to me, Pat and Sue. It was really great meeting both of you. I do have a picture of myself with Pat, by the way. Um, and Pat, I do need to know if you've tried any hand dyeing yet. Yes, I think I've made another convert. I have not really made any progress on any quilt project since the last episode. It's just been really unusually busy, and then because I've been so busy, then those times when I do get some breathing space and I'm, you know, don't have something specific I to need be to doing, be doing, nothing. I've been kind of like jealous of my time almost. And although I usually find quilting very therapeutic, there are times when I just need to. And so I've been trying to, on nice nights, sit out on my patio, um, reading or whatever, just trying to get those little breaks of time. So I've not been making as much project. Uh, progress so that they would quilt be projects that as I would have liked to. Um, however, I did organize my pearl cottons on three ring binders in my project bag. Um, you know, woohoo, I'm cooking with gas now. <laughs> I guess that's about what I managed to get done so far. But hopefully having them organized will make me more inclined to sit down and actually finish stitching with said pearl cottons. I am very excited that my quilt design study group I've talked about in past episodes, uh, we just started working on a new book. We're now working with Heather Thomas's A Fiber Artist's Guide to Color and Design. I'm not going to put a link to it in uh, the show notes this episode like I normally would because it's currently, well, it's sort of out of stock. It's not out of print. It's out of stock. So it's not readily available through Amazon. You can find it used for like 200 bucks. I did see one copy available suddenly last week, I think, for the normal price. Heather Thomas does seem to have it back on her website, so just Google Heather Thomas. Um, you have to Google Heather Thomas Quilt Artist, because apparently there's also a Heather Thomas who's an actress. But anyway, it is on her website, I believe. It's a fantastic book. It does periodically show up at Joanne's. So check Joanne's for it. Again, that's Heather Thomas's A Fiber Artist's Guide to Color and Design. And so our homework this first month is working with neutrals, so you can bet I'm doing some more dyeing. Um, I have both black dyes available from Pearl Chemical and Dye, and I want to do some value gradations with both of them to see what the difference is between the two. One is a warm-based black, one is a cool-based black, and yes, believe it or not, there is no, you know, one black. There, there's cool. There's a warm black and a cool black. So I'm going to be doing some um, value gradations with those so I can kind of see what the difference is. Um, by the way, pardon my computer. It's being obnoxious right now and it wants to keep talking, so I'm just ignoring it. Um, the other thing I want to work on is making grays by blending two complementary colors to see what kind of different grays you get. If you take... Um, 
two complementary colors, if you remember those are on the opposite sides of the color wheel, and blend them according to several sources, you get a gray. And so I really want to play around with that and work with blending different complementary colors and see what kind of grays you get. So that's hopefully I will then actually get all that done and still have enough time to actually make something out of these grays for my homework. I have a design kind of in my head, but we'll see what happens once I get the dyeing done. Um, and unfortunately, I'm actually going to be out of town this coming weekend for work, so I might not be able to get much done before next week when I would technically be posting my next episode. I do, I will have pretty pictures of things on my blog though, because right now, as I'm recording this, I have the second of my gradation sampler kits that I bought from Procam back in Paducah has already been dyed. I've done the, the the main rinse of it, and now it's just ready to go into the washing machine for the final full-out wash and drying. Um, but, you know, we're doing laundry, so I could not. I need underwear. <laughs> so I couldn't stop the laundry in order to get my um, dyed fabrics in there. That's probably TMI, but sorry. <laughs> sorry, new listeners. This is me. This is what you get. Um, but anyway, I will be getting that done within the next day or so, so I'll be able to post those pictures to my blog. I'm leaving town Thursday morning. I get back, oh, atrociously late Saturday night. I think like at midnight, and that's if everything's on time. Um, so I'm expecting on Sunday to be completely fried and really not get anything done. Um, I'm really kind of looking forward to next Sunday being just sort of a sleepy day. On the other hand, we did just get word from my son that he's moving home probably next Sunday. <laughs> So I think I've mentioned in previous episodes, he's going to be back home living with us temporarily until his lease on the apartment in Buffalo is finished so that then he can start a new lease here in Rochester um, rather than paying for two apartments at once. But his job transfer doesn't time out well. So he's going to have to transfer jobs first and therefore live at home. And um, he was saying to me when we were talking on the phone a couple of days ago, he said, well, Mom, I, I you know, want you to know I'm, I'm probably going to have to live at home for just a couple of weeks. And I said, well, I think it's going to be about six, honey, until your lease is up. And he said, Mom, I love you and Dad, but I don't want to live with you that long <laughs> anymore. And without blinking an eye, I said, son, your dad and I really love you, but we don't want you living with us. <laughs> it will be wonderful. I can't wait to have him back in the city. That'll be wonderful. And actually, having him live at home for a few weeks won't be a big deal. Um, I enjoy having him around, first of all. I do love my son. Um, but even at that, you know, the growing pains of the fact that he's used to being out on his own and he's 22, an adult, and the fact that we're kind of used to not having him around and we're adults, um, it, it's I'm not likely to actually see him much because if his work hours at the new place are the same as they were, he works mad hours, just mad hours. So um, I think that'll be a fine transition, but I warned um, my son that the day he's planning on moving home, I'm going to be pretty much a vegetable on the couch. So I'm not raising a finger <laughs> to help him. I'll give him a huge hug. I will be very happy to see him, but I'm not going to be terribly functional. So that is my current life as it is. And we'll see how things are when I post next time that I'm no longer an empty nester, <laughs> temporarily anyway. There will be in an upcoming episode, I do think I'm still going to put out another uh, Sandy Update style episode next. But then coming up after that will be an interview with Jane Dunnewald, who I can totally blame for getting me started down this whole obsessive path of hand dying. <laughs> so I will be really looking forward to presenting that conversation to you as well. 
So once again, thank you so much to Wendy Butler Burns for talking with me today. I, I still keep coming back to certain parts of that conversation and thinking about them, pondering them in my head and in my heart. And um, it really, it, it's, it was a great time. I enjoyed that. I hope Wendy and all of your students are having fun um, up there in Door County, Wisconsin. I hope you're not getting the storms that they're getting all across the Midwest. And for all of my other listeners, stay safe. I know some of you are in Tornado Alley, and I hope all is going well. It is really hard to be watching the news and, and being worried about folks. Um, for the rest of you, some of you are getting boatloads of rain. Some of you are getting no rain. Um, it's kind of a crazy uh, weather moment right now. So uh, stay safe, stay dry, stay cool, stay all of those things so that you can be basically happy and calm and content. And that is it for this episode. You know how you can get a hold of me. Well, at least those of you who have been listening for a while know how you can get a hold of me. You can email me at sandyquilts at gmail.com, Sandy with a Y, quilts with a Z. You can follow my blog. You can follow me on Twitter, Pinterest, Goodreads, Flickr, Thread Bias, Craftsy, all sorts of other places. I am Sandy Quilts, Sandy with a Y, Quilts with a Z, in all of those places. You can like the Quilting for the Rest of Us group on Facebook. You can join, please do, the Quilting for the Rest of Us group on Flickr and join the Big Tent Quiltcast Supergroup and then the Quilting for the Rest of Us subgroup. And of course, you can join the Quilting for the Rest of Us team on Kiva and do good all over the world. And you can find links for all of that at www.quiltingfortherestofus.com. And until next time, go get your quilty on. Quilting for the Rest of Us is dedicated to Shirley. Love you, Mom. 